Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to Conversations with Koji. I am here with York Walker, playwright. Hello. Hello. How are you, Mr. York Walker? I'm good. I'm good on this Sunday. How are you? Good. I am wonderful. I am blessed. Thank Thank you. Um, Please, please introduce yourself to our audience. Yes, I am uh, York Walker. I am a playwright, um, screenwriter, Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce enthusiast. Um, what else? I'm a Leo. Uh, yeah, I feel like that <laughs> is me in a nutshell. <laughs> yes, and you are not the first person to talk about the love for Beyonce. I think I've had about for Beyonce enthusiasts on this platform. Yeah, you have to you have to give credit where credit is due. It's uh What do you think before we even get into it, what do you think it is about Beyonce that makes y'all such a not even a fan cuz I feel like it's more than just being a fan. Yeah, I think I mean for me there's the work ethic part. There's, there's, for me, I look up to her because she's an artist who works her ass off to get what okay. she mm-hmm. To see someone work that hard to amass the things that she has, it's just really inspiring to me. And then on the second half, it's just, it's, she's also someone that's like the soundtrack to my life. I've loved her since I was a kid. And so like growing up with an artist that has also and changed over time um a lot of her songs are tied to memories and you know it's 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 yeah it's it's both those things i agree agree with that yeah growing up in houston being from houston i remember her performing at my hbcu that i went to she's performed at tsu so i think it was girl time i think that Uh was the group so it's like when you've seen someone just persevere like even if you don't like her music Mm -hmm. even if you don't know all the lyrics there's no way you can say that she's not worthy of the accolades of the praise of the legendary iconic status like there's no way you can say that I don't I'm not one of those beehive members that feels like you have to like her I think you should because to me if you have ears I feel like you should right I just need you to respect. Just have respect. That's it. For the yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because like I said, it, it's like, it just ranges. It doesn't matter what your profession is or whatever. But I noticed that a lot of my guests are like, and I'm a Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Beyonce. So, yeah. okay. Cool. All right. So, I think my first question for you mm-hmm. as a playwright was that always something that you saw for yourself like because i would think being a playwright like your imagination as a child right mm-hmm. i know you didn't know that's what it was right like you didn't yeah. have a playwright but what was your imagination like your creation like as a child 
Yeah, I had a big imagination. I mean, I I I had no idea I was going to be a writer. I had no interest in writing at all. Um, I've always wanted to be an actor since I was a kid, and so I um, my parents took us to to plays when we were younger, and so we would see like touring productions of things. We would go see um, Disney on Ice and that kind of stuff. Yes, which I love. I just love the spectacle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I would like come home and try to recreate what we saw at the Disney on Ice in my basement. Oh. And so I got really um, serious about it. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I was trying to figure out ways to make uh, my basement a stage. And so I remember there was this one time me and my brother and my mm-hmm. sister, I think we were doing Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. And trying to figure out a way to like make the whale. And so what we did was we put, we had these two big sort of um, toy canister things. So we set those two things up and my mom had an exercise bike. Right. So a blue blanket over the, the toy canisters and the exercise bike. Mm-hmm. So I, I would do the, the pedals for the bike and that made the fins of the tail of the whale move. And then because he gets, I think Geppetto gets swallowed or Pinocchio gets swallowed by a whale. We just pulled up the blanket and my brother was in there. He had some glasses that he put like this. And so we were, we were just doing whole productions of things in my basement. I love and that. I was just trying to be, uh, recreate with zero money. <laughs> what I was seeing in these Disney on Ice things. And so it it forces you to sort of get really creative and use your imagination. And I love that. And did yeah. your parents, like, I don't know what your home life was like uh, if you had your mom and dad or just mom. Yeah. Was it both? Um, mm-hmm. Did they embrace your creative side? Because, you know, sometimes parents, they kind of be like, okay, baby, uh, Put these blankets up. Leave my bike alone now. I need you to focus on your man. Yeah, I think they 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 embraced it. They they okay. I don't know why. I, I guess they thought it was cute. Um, mm-hmm. They would come come down and watch us. You know, dance with them to the soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> um, I love when parents do that. That's important. I wish yeah, more parents important. would do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can have so, your play right. Yeah. Listen. So yeah, I think from an early age, I was interested in 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 theater and telling stories and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But I never thought I thought it was going to be on the acting side um, because that's mm-hmm. what I grew up and went to school for. Went to college and I got my master's in acting. Um, so I I didn't write my first play until uh, my first year of grad school for acting. So this is all kind of. I mean, not new because I graduated from grad school in 2014. So right. it's been a while. Um, but yeah. I, I didn't go to school for writing plays. Right? For writing. So what made you transition? Like, what made you pivot from mm. pursuing acting? I think <clears throat> my life was sort of telling me to pursue writing. And I was ignoring it. And I was getting a lot of, I was living out here in LA 
pursuing acting and it wasn't really working. It was just, and acting was all that I have ever loved, but it, it, I was trying to get my series regular role on a TV show and it just wasn't, I wasn't getting auditions. I had really terrible representation. Mm. Um, it just was not working. Um, and things were falling apart. I was driving for Lyft. I, I lost my manager and I lost my agent like within a span of 10 days. Uh, wow. Yeah, so it was it was rough. And I was living with my best friend, Kimmy, at the time. Right. And um, she, one day she took me out to pizza and she was like, uh -huh. I, I think you, you, you need to embrace these writing opportunities because you're sort of ignoring them. And as soon as she said it, I was like, you're right. You're right. Um, and I knew that I wanted to uh, write for TV because she had started writing for TV. And so I was getting like an inside look at how that process was. And there were so many cool shows happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was like, that would be a really cool thing to be able to tell stories on television. Um, but I knew going through the assistant route was going to be a little rough for me because I was older and I was like, I don't, that's not a guaranteed thing. Mm -hmm. I knew that there were playwrights um, that were also doing TV. So I was like, I'm going to move back to New York. I'll give okay. it a year. I'll get a full-time job, which I had never had before because I was acting. I was cobbling together different part-time jobs. So I had time. Yeah. To um, so I got a full-time job working at uh, a CEO advisory firm doing reception. Okay. Um, it, it, well, it's, listen. But it was terrible, <laughs> awful. Um, so <laughs> I was in, in New York doing that. Mm -hmm. and I would come in some days uh, and sneak into a conference room and, and write uh, plays. And I was writing Covenant, a play that's going up right now in New York. Oh, that's my God. I want to see it. That's how I finished that play. Um, so that's how it all kind of kind of happened. Yeah. Oh my God! And what year was that that you started writing Covenant? Because now it's running at the Round Table. When when was that? Roundabout. Yeah, yeah. It it um it was. I think it was twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I got the first like idea for it. So it's um, five to six years. Five to six years. For it to, for it to yeah, for it to get a, to be a full production. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and I really didn't think it was going to get produced. It, it got to a point where I was like, this is, this isn't going to happen. So I need to just oh keep. Um, so it's been an amazing experience because this, this play, even outside of the production, mm -hmm. uh, changed my life. Um, it, it got me, I was submitting it once I finished it and I was trying to get out of that job. Um, <clears throat> and then it ended up getting, uh, the Coleman Domingo award with, uh, the Vineyard Theater. Um, and it's an award in his name and it was the first time they were doing it. So, uh, it was the first award. Um, and we so, the Coleman Domingo. Yeah. Um, so he, what happened was the theater randomly emailed me uh -huh. uh, a Facebook message and they were like, do you have any work that we could read? And I was like, oh yeah, I have this play Covenant. So I emailed it to them. A couple of weeks later, they said the artistic director would love to meet you. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I was like, maybe they want to do the play. That would be amazing. I finally uh -huh. get my first question. 
So I had a FaceTime with the artistic director and she was so sweet. And uh, we talked about Coleman because Coleman is somebody that has been on multiple vision boards of mine. He's a hero of mine because when I was acting, he was the only out gay black actor that was doing the kind of work that I wanted to do. And he's a writer. So I was like, that is somebody that I want to be like. So I had him on, on multiple vision boards. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we were talking about him because he actually did his one man show there. And so we we're talking about him and she was like, oh, we should get you two together at some time. And I was like, I would love that. Um, so we got off the phone. And I was a little disappointed because I was like, damn, I really thought I was going to get a production. I thought that's what this call was. And it was just kind of right. like get to know you meeting. Yeah. <clears throat> she calls back 10 minutes later on FaceTime with Coleman on FaceTime. Shut up. I was like, ah, hey. Uh, (laughs) And he was like, hey, York, uh, we've been trying to do this award in my name. This is going to be the first one. And I read Covenant, and I think it's a really beautiful play. And we want to give you the award for this play. And I was like, okay, amazing. so that's how that happened. And then later he was like, do you have reps? I was like, "I that's something on my list. He was like, send me your plays. I'll send them to my agents. So he sent those, met with them. They signed me. So that's how I got my agents. Oh, my God, York. So this, that's, um, that's amazing. Yeah. You talk about divine intervention. Like, like you said, you were shuffling in L.A. Kimmy was like, baby. Listen, <laughs> you know, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you yeah. need to go this route and you listen and you, you know, you did what you needed to do. I know you didn't care for the job, but you <laughs> went to that conference. <laughs> listen, but you went to the conference room. Yeah. Utilized your time. It took yeah. a minute, but I mean, it's it's amazing. And the thing, the crazy thing about it, and I said this on the first day of rehearsal, is that when I was in that job, I kept telling myself, I'm going to write myself out of this job. I'm going to do this to pay the bills and I'm going to write my plays and eventually get out of this job. And so when they flew me in to New York for rehearsal, we when I was coming from JFK and my lift, we passed that building that I used to work in. And so it's just so nice to be able to come back to New York now working on the play that I was writing at that job that I could not stand (laughs) and it just it's really it's it's really overwhelming and I'm so grateful for the opportunity um, Mm -hmm. to actually see the play come to life because it's one thing to write a play and have people read it and enjoy it but it's another thing to actually see it on its feet with costumes and lights and sound and all these other artists um coming together to tell this story Mm -hmm. uh so it was it was it has been an amazing amazing experience just on that alone um so yeah Yeah. that that's oh my god just hearing that and i love that quote like you said i'm gonna write myself out of this job yeah yeah like yeah that that's that's passion that's what you call passion pure passion this is paying the bills but i'm gonna write myself out of this job i love that so you mentioned coleman domingo being the black 
out gay, you know, that yeah. being on your vision board, how important do you think it is to have a black gay out? Like how important is it to be out and seen black gay? Like, I yeah. think, you know, we don't want anybody to be out until they're ready. You know what right. I'm saying? That That's number one. It's very yeah. important. Right. But when they are out and when they are seen, how mm -hmm. important is that for you as a black gay out man in the theater? How yeah. important is that? It's so important. I think for me, it, it took me a while to come out. I came out in my 20s. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think also being an actor and that being my passion, there weren't many people that I could look to. And so Coleman was somebody who was out doing the kinds of work that I wanted to do, um, Oscar nominated films, he was writing plays, he was, he was doing all of the things. And it just lets you know that you don't have to hide yourself in order to have that level of success. Mm -hmm. And I, when I was acting, you know, just trying to look at the landscape and look who, at who I was, I had like a, a deep voice. So like people were, it, you get put into the leading man type category, even though I'm yes. very silly. So but, but there are, when you look around, you're looking at the leading men, none of them are out and gay. And so then it's like, okay, well then in order to do that, I have to be in the closet or I have to be, you know, and it was just nice to see someone who was doing all of those things and not having to hide themselves. And so for me now, uh, it's important for me to, to be able to just be out and proud so that anybody coming up that's look that happens to come across my work or come across me in anything can be okay. Because for me, even within theater, going to see plays, it's not often that I see myself reflected as I am. Sometimes I have to find myself in the characters, mm -hmm. um, but seeing Terrell Alvin McCraney's Marcus or the Secret of Sweet, that was uh, about a young man who was gay and in the coming out process. And all of the things that he was struggling with, I saw that a couple years before I came out. And even though I was not ready to come out at the time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It let me know that when I felt comfortable, when I felt safe enough to do that, I was going to be okay. Yes. And that from me watching a play that this this other gay yes. black man wrote. And so that's something that I'm very aware of when I'm writing is, is who am I writing this for? And most of the time, all of the time, it's black people and or black queer people. Um, so I think it's good to have that representation because hmm. it's, just, it's just good to know what is possible. Uh, That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> that is so important, York. Like, I know for me, being a Black queer woman, it's, I find myself, it, and I still feel like there's just not enough. Yeah. There's just not enough. Like, yeah. I find myself searching, searching, searching. Is there any more Black queer shows, Black queer movies? Like, I don't want to watch 
straight chose yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, I and don't you can. Yeah, you can and you can find yourself in the characters in some way. But it's so nice to be able to be like, oh, this is me. Like, I don't have to go looking in this story to find myself. Like, this is, I'm watching myself. There's something so beautiful about that. And I think we need to get to the point where all of the stories are reflecting the people Mm -hmm. um, in all of these communities. Like uh, shout out to shout out to Alexander King. She has a web series called Queerious, and it is so good. Like I when I found that web series, I was like, thank you. Like, yeah. thank you. Like, can it can I get an, a, a bigger version, an hour long? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of really sad. And I don't think people understand how important it is, like you say, to see themselves because I do find myself when I watch shows trying to find certain aspects of love and Mm. drama and things and characters. And I'm like, God, they're not me. But I, I mean, because at the end of the day, at our core, we are the same, like. I can be just as loving, have the distrust, the loyalty, all the same characteristics. We yeah. are the same. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing visually, that's not how I love. So right. I I love that, like you said, you're so aware when you're writing. Um, and just shout out to Katori. And that's why I'm so proud of all you guys. Like you are doing it. Nico's doing it. Um, Mike Monroe, like all, all y'all. I love all you guys because y'all and women. I'm and just so, I'm just yeah. so proud of y'all because I feel like the more and more people, Lena, Lena Waith, every everybody who is putting us on the screen visually, yeah. no matter how much hate. <laughs> It's like we still gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy, but they yeah. be mad as hell. But it be like we still gonna do it. <laughs> and and you notice how it's like now it's to the point now. The money, the backing, the self-producing. Yeah, we producing now, right? Yeah. We we don't even need the other people no more. Yeah, your own production companies now. Yeah, yeah. It's important. It's really important. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you. I, I I love that. So who do you think, who are your top five inspirations, would you say? Beyonce, Giselle, Nose Carter um, would be, <laughs> would be in that group. Um, who else? Uh, I would say Coleman. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I would say Terrell Alvin McCraney. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that three? Um, mm-hmm. Marcus Gardley, who's an incredible playwright, television writer. He just wrote the new um, Color Purple movie yeah. that comes out on Christmas. He's incredible. <clears throat> um, and then I would say. Who's your number five? 
I would say August Wilson. It's 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 uh, Ooh, yeah. He's a he's a he's a staple. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think that's those are my those are my five for different reasons, but yeah. Yeah, I agree with that definitely. Okay, so if you could go to a bookshelf. Huh? And you could only pick one book to read. What book would that be? One book to read. Mm-hmm. You know, I have not read it in a while. Mm-hmm. The first thing that came to mind was The Bluest Eye. By Toni Morrison. Yeah. Yes. That is, oh my God, I love Tony so much. There is something about the way that that woman writes that is just, oh my God. The language in that book is so like, it it just makes you, it just taps into how those characters feel in a way that I just, I don't know. She she just, she's incredible. And so I. incredible. Yeah, I, that's somebody that I I wish I aspire to be right here. I wish she was still here. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna add her to my list. I'm gonna have her as 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 six. It's just just cause. yeah, yeah. I was I was wondering if you were gonna say Tony because yeah. I was like, oh, is he gonna say Tony? Because oh my God, she is just amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, wow. I have thought to myself. Your humor, and, and I know you're a playwright. Okay, love that for you. <laughs> okay. However, sir, I need you in your spare time okay. to write a sitcom. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because we, we, we missing recipes. We losing recipes. Okay, living single. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because you are giving me Kyle. <laughs> the dry humor is hilarious. Oh my God. I listen, listen. I will take it. I can, I'm telling you, I see it. Okay. The vision for me is there. Oh my God. I told Tanika this last night. I said, Oh my God. He's so <laughs> funny. I said his humor is dry, but it's hilarious. The voice, the voice is deep. I swear to God. You know, I will, I will take that comparison because I love Kyle. And then you, you just gotta get you a Maxine. You know what I'm saying? But she black queer, and then you gonna be black gay, baby. You know, you might be on to something. I'm a, I'm a. Um, we just talked about representation. It's true. It's true. In New York, I'm black quit, baby. I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna see what I can come up with. Even I'm, if it's a, even if it's a web series, I just need to I just need to see it. Okay. I need to see it. Black just, queer. We need you to be the cow. We need come on, come on. I know it'll be great. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'll work on it. I'm I'm gonna work on that. But I know you're busy. You you with Coleman and all the people. <laughs> you know, you doing big things now. So you um, ain't got time for the little people. Please. Like 
I listen, I I myself <laughs> am little. There's, there's <laughs> we all on the same plane, doing the best we can, trying to tell these stories. I know. I know. <laughs> oh my God. So, oh my God, I discovered on IMDB because mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, let me look at some real quick. Uh-huh. Now, sir, you were story editor for FBI on CBS? I was indeed. I was like, oh my God, I love that show. It's a crazy how show. How did that come about? Um, How did that come about? Well, um, so during the pandemic, um, I turned... Uh, I did a workshop with Marcus Gardley, who was in my top five. He did a workshop in the pandemic, just wanted to teach writers how to write for TV, writers of color. Um, And so he helped us all get our um, pilots in order. And so he basically taught us to come up with a story. And so what I did is I um, I took my first play that I ever wrote and I turned it into a pilot. Um, so then by the time I got an agent from Coleman, um, they, I, they gave that pilot to FBI and they read it and then they hired me. What? Yeah, it was crazy. Hold on one second. Let me make sure Afro is adorable. Welcome Afro to the show. <laughs> Hi, Afro. Welcome to the show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but uh, you up? see the brilliance. Do you see why I know you could come up with the sitcom that I'm talking about? Oh, okay. Yeah, I could probably oh, figure okay. something. Um, he wants to get down. That's amazing. So you turned the wait, wait, I'm trying to. So the workshop. Marcus Gardley told you guys to write what? He was teaching us how to write uh, television pilots, like come up with our own TV shows. Right. And so I took the idea from my first play and made it into a TV show. And they read that and was like, okay, yeah. You're, you you know how, to, basically, because a, a story editor is you can put stories together. You know how to edit out a script. Is that what is it's it's all pretty much the same job. You're all working together trying to get the show to come to life. So you're writing in the the showrunner's voice mm-hmm. and you're coming up with all of the stories. But FBI is a little different because a lot of the coming up with the individual episodes happen on an individual basis. So basically, mm-hmm. you ever each one of the writers in the room would come up with an episode idea, and then you'd pitch it to the showrunner. If he liked it, then you'd move forward, and you could kind of pull people that you uh, wanted to help you uh, to make the episode. You kind of work outline and do all that kind of stuff until you mm-hmm. get to write the episode. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I think there was just something. The beginning of my pilot was kind of like, I don't know, it was a little... It was a pilot that I wanted to go to HBO, so it was a little provocative, and so Ooh, I, think, yeah, I think they were interested in that, or they, it just pulled them in apparently. Um, and so I had an interview, and then 
later that uh, night, I found out that I got the job. So that was my first uh, TV gig. I mean, and you were on like the whole season five, right? I did season four and season five. Season five, yeah. And yeah. that's awesome because a lot of people during the pandemic, it was rough. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, oh, that was a blessing for you. It was. And that was the job that got me out of that survival job. So I got that job. Mm. After the interview, I typed up my letter of resignation. And then that night when I got the call that I had the job, I pressed send. I walked ah. myself on there the next morning, handed them their laptop and their uh, telephone, mm. cellular phone. Yeah. And said, out. So, <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you have had a journey. What do you think is your most rewarding moment, would you say, in your I, career thus far? I, I would say Covenant, having, getting its full production. Because, you know, when you're writing a play, you're trying to write something I try to write the type of thing that I would want to see. Um, mm. And I thought Covenant would be, if I could get it right, I thought it could be really cool. Um, and, you know, you never know if it's actually going to work. And so to have everybody contribute, you know, all the designers, the director, the actors come together to make this thing happen. Um, and to see people's reaction to it, especially Black people. Yeah has been so gratifying that there, there, there's not a better feeling in the world to have people really enjoy mm-hmm. your work and understand what you were trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that that so far has been the, the best, the best thing. If you could summarize Covenant for those, because people who are watching, they don't know what Covenant is like. Yes. Um, Covenant is a play. Um, it is, it is, it is about a, a young man who leaves his town sort of a disgrace. He, he wants to play the guitar and be this blues singer, but he's terrible at the guitar. So he leaves town. Um, and then he comes back two years later, a blues legend. And it's inspired by the myth of Robert Johnson, who was also a blues legend, who was said to have sold his soul to the devil at a crossroad in order to get his musical talent. So when he comes back, there are rumors in the town that he may have sold his soul in order to get good at the guitar. And so the play sort of spills out from there. Um, but yeah. Wow. So it's a, it's a family a family drama with some horror elements mixed in. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And so the theater that. is it's a it's a tiny theater. It's about 60 something seats. Mm-hmm. And so it really you feel like you are in the play. Um which helps mm-hmm. with the horror aspect of it. Um Yeah. It's it's been a lot of fun. We've we've mm-hmm. extended twice. Um it was a New York Times. There'll be another extension. There can't be because it's because it's Christmas. The play was supposed to end December 9th, and now we've pushed it to December 17th. But now we're getting into Christmas. You know, it, it opened in September. So yeah. it's just <laughs> it's we're getting it's not a it's not a it's not a Christmas show. <laughs> right. 
but but we're hoping that it will <laughs> that it'll have another life um maybe on broadway possibly mm-hmm. you know prayers yeah. up but definitely hopefully with um uh regional theaters in other different cities hopefully it'll go to chicago and here in la and atlanta yeah. those kind of places i think it will do really well so we'll see mm-hmm. what happens well, I hope so. I really do. I, I mean, because I definitely would love to see it. So if it, if it comes to Atlanta, then I mean, this, I'm in Houston, but I, I will definitely make my way back to Atlanta to see that play. Listen, mm-hmm. it can be in Houston too. Listen, it can go all the places. Don't I let it come to Houston. I will make my way down to the theater district in Houston. Downtown, sure will. I will let you know. I'm really hoping, um, because I'm super proud of you. You're you, you are a beautiful soul, um, and an inspiration to our community. Um, I know we haven't known each other long, but I mean, you can kind of tell when people have a light, even from a distance, even though. We are far away from each other. You can you can tell when people have a light. Thank and you, you are definitely one of those people who have a genuine light. And I, I thank okay. you for being in our community and just changing the lens for us in such a positive way. We we appreciate you for real. Thank you so much. And thank you for all that you do. Thank you for having me and oh, thinking of me to be on the show. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So tell everyone where they can find you. Give us some more information. Yes. Um, I am on Instagram at Issa York Chop, I-S-S-A-Y-O-R-K-C-H-O-P, um, on Instagram and Twitter, I believe. Um, and yeah, though I'm not really on Twitter as much as I should You're not. be. But Instagram. Love me some Instagram. Um, yeah. I don't have a website, nothing like that. So they, they, no website. Are- <laughs> where can they get t- where can they get tickets? Yes, yeah, so it's with uh, Roundabout Theater Company in New York City. Um, so you can just go to their website. Uh, I want to say, let me not even lie and tell you the wrong website. But if you just Google Roundabout Theater Company, um, the the show is sold out. Um, through really? Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it sold out. But there are um, standby tickets. So what you can do is okay. the day you can go early uh, in the day and get a standby ticket. And usually there's like a couple of people that can't make it to the show each right. performance. And then mm-hmm. you can just slide in there and use their use they seats. Um, okay. And I've had a lot of friends get in that way. Um, but yeah, check it out. Oh my God, but just it even being sold out till December. Oh my God. Congratulations on that and New York Times critic pick. Yeah, thank you. Ugh. It's been crazy. big things, big things. I need a sitcom. I don't care. Okay, That's my only request. I got it. Let me. I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna work on okay. it. <laughs> All right, my dear. Will you enjoy your Sunday? I hope you feel better. Thank you for coming on, despite you not feeling your best. It's all right. It's this cold that is confusing to leave my body. But, you know, I'm going to hit this button and see. All right, my dear. 
All right. Have a good day. Thank All you. Right. You too. All right. Okay. Bye.